welcome back. You're watching Traders Corner and joining me as always is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, welcome. Hi, Garth, last week we spoke about the S&P 500 and about how 2700 was an important, well, you called it a line in the sand, mm. and we seem to be hovering around that line at the moment. Yes, we are. You can see it on this chart over here. Uh, so here's uh, the, the S&P 500 chart with the analysis on it. And you can see this uh, lateral support line at 2700 is fairly significant. You can see that uh, in late May we tested it. We sort of flushed below that area very briefly and bounced back above it. And now over the past week, you can see it's definitely been a support, uh, a support zone um, as the market has bumbled up and down. And I also mentioned last week that gap in the chart that happened last week, Monday, where yes. the market gapped to the downside. And we seem to be hovering in a range between 2700, where the support is, and then up to 2750, which is more or less where that little gap is. That seems to be the tradable range for the time being on the S&P 500. I also mentioned on last week's show that it's possible we may start to see the formation of a right shoulder of a head and shoulders pattern begin to form here. And for the time being, it still looks as if that is a possibility right now. So that 2700 level still remains quite significant. It's an important support level. If we were to break below that, then I think we're going to go down and we'll flush out the 200-day moving average, which sits down here at 2670. And below that, this upward trend from earlier in the year comes in at about 2650. So, you know, I think watch that 2700 level quite closely, because if it does give way, it'll probably open up another, potentially another 50 points to the downside. But on the other hand, if we start to push out through 2750, yeah. then there's a possibility that this becomes a failed head and shoulders in which we go back to the recent highs. Okay. So you know, for, for the time being, I think the critical levels to monitor are going to be 2700 at the lower level and 2750 at the upper level. What about critical levels in the top 40? Because actually that's been all over the place in the last couple of days, especially yes. Friday. Yeah, Friday last week was very interesting. That was quarter end for the June quarter. And you can see that candle that I'm pointing out there now with my mouse. It's a very, very tall candle to the upside. It's, it's green, which implies that the market was up on the day. And you can also see there was a huge gap up on the day over there, which implies that the market opened strong and it stayed strong throughout yeah. the day. And um, it's interesting that that happened on quarter end mm. because, you know, it flattered the, the numbers for the quarter end. And, you know, and a lot of reports I've read actually said, for the most part, the, the entire second quarter performance basically was made up on that last sure. day of the quarter because if, if we had had quarter in the prior day on the Thursday, it would have been a negative quarter. But because we had that massive rally on the market on Friday, it flattered the numbers for the whole of the second quarter. Got to earn a fee, you know. Exactly. So, you know, in terms of where we sit now with the, with the top 40 future here now, um, you can see that it's been to the bottom of this range at around about 49,000, which I pointed out last week. And I mentioned on last week's show that we actually could see a possibility that that gap from early April gets filled, which is at about uh, 48,650. And when I said it, I almost didn't feel that confident that it could go there, but it actually did. It, it fell very sharply in the middle of last week and then it rebounded quite aggressively into Friday. So now we sit in the middle of this range between 49,000 and 52,500. Um, and I suspect we could still see a little bit more consolidation over here in the days ahead. And if it does come lower for, for some reason, the, this gap down at 50,000 could still potentially be targeted um, if we see some further consolidation here. 
Okay. Garthin, uh, you've been quite busy in the uh, local portfolio. Um, and last week we did look at, we flagged Mondi as a, as a stock to watch. And now you've actually entered a trade. So that is one of the trades that you've entered into this week. It is indeed, yes. So we said last week to watch this stock because it's one of the few shares in the top 40 that actually is still exhibiting a nice trend to the upside. It's one of the strongest stocks on a relative and an absolute basis in the top 40. And uh, what I identified was the fact that it's been trading in this upward channel. And you can see the significance of the 350 Rand level over there. That's the bottom end of that channel. And it's also where the 50-day moving average comes in to present okay. some support as well. And I said at the time that we would watch that level very carefully. If it holds 350, that's the area to look to buy it for another leg higher. And it did this. So on, um, it was on Wednesday last week when the rest of the market was really very, very weak. Mondi actually held up incredibly well. Yeah. And what, uh, what happened there was the price actually reversed up off 350 Rand. And we managed to get long at 354.20. And I'm using a stop loss at 348, which is below the, the reversal of last week. And then we're looking for a target back to the recent high at 375. Okay, so Garth, that's the, the trade in brief, but take us through the mechanics in, in more detail. Yeah, so we were long from 354 Rand 20. The stop loss is 348 Rand. So what that means is our risk per share is 6 Rand 20. And to get that, we essentially take the price that we bought at minus where our stop loss is. That's how much we f effectively are, are risking here, which is 6 Rand 20. Um, I'm risking 1.5% of our portfolio here. So we have 162,000 Rand at our disposal now. So 1.5% of that is 2,430 Rand. That's what I'm effectively willing to lose to find out whether I'm right or wrong on this trade. That's yeah. what it effectively boils down to. Um, to calculate my position size, I then take that capital risk, 2,430 Rand, and I divide it by the risk per share, which is 6 Rand 20 gives me 391 shares, so just rounding it to a nice round number, 390 CFDs is what I've bought for the portfolio this week. Um, the target, as I said, is 375 Rand, and that means that my risk-to-reward ratio on this trade is 1 to 3.35. Yeah. Goth, how concerned are you about the impact that the Rand could have on Mondi? Because that might be also one of the reasons why it's been a stronger stock. It does tend to benefit. It's a, it's a very good Rand hedge. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we were talking about the RAND potentially being a bit oversold. Mm. So if it starts strengthening, I sort of wonder how that might impact on a stock like Mondi. Yeah, it could. If the RAND strength, strengthens significantly, it could be a possible headwind. Um, so I'll need to monitor that very, very carefully. Look, as we're sitting here right now, it's gotten fairly close to our target area. And um, I, I might be inclined just to bank the profit and, and, and take it, even if it doesn't get all the way to our target level, just because that's been a strategy that's actually worked quite well for us over the last couple of weeks, yeah. where we've been enacting trades. We have been fairly busy, but we've been taking those profits quickly. We haven't actually let the trades run all the way to their targets. We've simply said, let's take the profit that's presented to us. You know, you get two thirds or three quarters of the way to your target level take the profit, rather get the, the meat out of the trade and instead of being greedy for that last extra little bit. And I've found that's been working quite well in this market lately, where you don't get an awful lot of follow through. Sometimes it's actually in a way better to just bank those profits, put it in the bank and then move on to the next thing. And like I've said on this show many times, I still find the hardest part of trading is actually knowing when to sell. You know, getting a good entry, not so difficult. Knowing how to execute a stop loss, I can do that. But knowing when to sell is difficult because you often end up uh, either overstaying your welcome, in which case you, know, you see your profit evaporate, 
or alternatively you sell too soon and you could have made a whole lot more out of the trade. And it's, it's difficult to gauge that with, with accuracy and, and that for me still is the hardest part of trading. Yeah. I mean, okay, that's a whole other discussion because, and we could in fact talk about Mondi um, in further detail, but I'm going to move on to the next um, stock that you've picked for this week and it is a trade in ShopRite. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is very interesting. You've got, so, you've got a big overhang hang potentially of stock. You've got Christo Visa's involvement yeah. and of course last week we saw those how many um, color, uh, put and um, call options did, um, were, were written um, for Christovisa to essentially uh, monetize, what, 17 million ShopRite shares? That's right. So, so what happened here was it, it happened on, I think it was Tuesday evening uh, last week. Yes. An announcement came out after the market to say that um, an accelerated book build was going to take place where Christovisa, via his Titan investments uh, business, was looking to exit 17 million shares in ShopRite, so 3.8 billion rands worth, and it's done via an accelerated book build. What that means is that, obviously, to try and push 17 million shares through the market is going to be very difficult, and it's cumbersome, and, 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 and it's just not an easy thing to do. So in a situation like that where one shareholder has a large block of shares that they want to try and sell, they'll go to an investment bank and say, right, you have all the contacts in the pension fund industry and in the hedge fund industry, what have you. This is the block of shares I want to sell. You go and find buyers. Yeah. And, and it does typically happen overnight. So you can imagine these traders, sales traders, phoning away frequently and fanatically to their contacts in the industry overnight, placing the stock with different funds and institutions and whatnot. And ultimately, the shares are placed, but they're always placed at a significant discount to the prevailing market price. And you can understand why. There's a lot of shares for sale. The buyers are going to say, well, if you really want me to take these shares off your hands, I need to be incentivized. So the price needs to be at, right. at a discount, right? Yeah. So that's what happened here. Um, the, the price of ShopRite was about 225 Rand prior to this book build happening. The deal was ultimately done at 210 Rand, yes. right, where these 17 million shares were placed. Now, it only emerged later after the, um, the book build what was announced that the reason for this was that uh, he had entered into, as you say, various color structures and derivatives. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a straight uh, no. forward book build in, in, in the sense that we're used to. Uh, yeah, uh, it, was, it was basically as part of a derivatives hedging strategy that he had, that he had entered. So he has upside in participation with some downside protection and then his, his upside beyond, I think it's about 240 Rand or somewhere there, is, uh, is, is foregone, if yeah. you will. So he takes the, 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 the benefit of some of the upside whilst um, also protecting some of the downside. It's quite complex and we don't have time to go into the intricacies of all of it here, but the bottom line really is that what happened here was you had a very short-term oversupply of shares into the market, which created this big gap to the downside that you can see on the chart over there, yeah. into that 210 rand. It's not a book build in the sense, it's not a capital raise where new shares are being issued. It's, these are existing shares. They talk about this being in the, the secondary market. So they're existing shares that are being placed from one shareholder to different shareholders, that's all. It's not like there's an increase of supply of stock in terms of an increase in the number of shares yes. in issue. So all that happens is you have a, a brief oversupply of shares. 
That's all. And then invariably what happens with this type of situation is this, the, the market will normalize and you'll find that the share price should actually recover back to the levels that it was trading yeah. at beforehand. So you've looked uh, to profit from that? We'd look to profit from that. And these are nice opportunities when they come around. Just looking quickly at the weekly chart of ShopRite, I want to show you the significance of that 210 Rand area. So we're talking about approximately three years worth of trading history on ShopRite over here. You can see this upward trend that comes through all the lows since 2015 comes in at around about 210 Rand. And then again, all these prior highs that we saw through 2016 and 2017 also conveniently comes in at around about 210 Rand. And that's the area where this, place, this placement happened. So there's plenty of technical support there, yeah. and to me it was a no-brainer to look to try and pick up some stock into this book build, into this oversupply. Yeah. So, so if we go back to the daily chart and have a look at it quickly, what, I've, what I did, and, and I, I went in here sort of averaging in to, to a position. So okay. I didn't just go in at one price. I, I was building a position slowly, slowly, slowly throughout the day and, until I had a, a clump of stock that I was happy to hold. My average entry price on all of that stock throughout the day was 211 Rand and 32 cents. The stop loss that I employed was effectively below the low of that day, which was 205 Rand. And the target, we're looking for a move to basically fill this gap, which comes in at around about 224 okay. Rand. So take us through the mechanics briefly. All right, so we're long at 211 Rand 32 with a stop loss at 205. The risk per share is 6 Rand 32. Um, I'm again risking 1.5% of our capital here, so it's 2,430 Rand that we're willing to lose. Take that capital risk, divide it by 6 Rand 32, and we get 384 shares. So rounding it off, I've done 380 CFDs here. My target is 224, and my risk to reward ratio, therefore, is 1 to 2 which is just fine. I'm happy with that. Yeah, okay. So quite a busy week. Um, yeah. And averaging in is not what you normally do, but yeah. is it just because picking up stock, maybe other people sort of saw the same technical setup that you, you have? Yeah, I think so. And also, there's a difference between averaging in and averaging down. You know, I had a, an idea of how much stock I wanted, Okay. but I, I went in slowly and built that <laughs> position, whereas yeah. averaging down is different. Yeah. Okay, very quickly, the portfolio, it's um, looking quite decent. It's looking good in South Africa. We're up 14% for the year to date, so this is a new high for the year. We've got 171,000 Rand in the local trading portfolio, and you can see the mark-to-market profits that we have there on Monday and on ShopRite. And then our offshore portfolio is the same as last week. We've got no positions there right now, sitting up with a gain of 4.2% still. Okay, we have to leave it there. Garth, thanks as always for joining us. Garth McKenzie is, of course, founder and editor of Traders Corner.